0: It's time to experience the Synergy Connection Show with your host, Lucy Forsting.
1: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Synergy Connection Show, where we do our best to help you understand how complex you are as a person by linking the intellectual, emotional, spiritual, and physical parts of who we are. And I have as a returning guest, uh, Lincoln Stoller, and we're going to get to Lincoln in just a second. But I want to remind everyone that there is about 350 shows now on the website. If you go to synergyconnectionradio.com and go into show notes, uh, I think there's like 27 pages of shows in there. And you can go find Lincoln on a, a past show. Um, But there is a synopsis for every single person and how to contact them. So you just need to scroll through, find a show that looks interesting and then check it out. Um, It's also on Apple. Uh, They're up on uh, Spotify, Google and iHeartRadio. And at that website, you're going to see a link that will take you into Boomers Forever Young. And Boomers is a company that I've utilized their products for over five years. I think it is what, uh, at least in part, keeps me very healthy. And uh, so check out their blogs. They have their own podcast. They have videos. They have, I don't know, 2000 or so testimonies. And so go check that out as well. If you were to decide that you wanted to try any of their products, if you type my first name, L-U-C-Y, into the discount code, you'll get $5 off. Um, So check them out and see what you think Um, today. More than ever, we need to be accountable and responsible for our own health, or at least that's the way I look at things. So, welcome back to the show, Lincoln. How are you doing?
2: Good, uh, you know, subject to the same things everyone is,
1: (laughs) such as
2: the topic we're talking about.
1: Uh huh. Okay, so we're going to be looking at are we facing a democracy challenge? Um, and I think you know, maybe the United States more than the rest of the world, but um, because the rest of the world has other kinds of issues rather than what our particular issues are. But you and I chatted before we started recording. And um, so I wanted to kind of maybe bring this into play. And we're going to be approaching it from a uh, therapeutic or psychological maybe um, viewpoint and how to help people face these challenges, deal with them emotionally, because if you get caught up in the news and you get caught up in the different pundits, I think people find themselves extremely frustrated anymore. And so uh, this particular man, his name is David Leonhardt, and he wrote an article that you actually sent to me that I read, and it was very interesting. And it was in the Times. um, And he said that he believes we are facing two threats that we've never faced before in our entire history. Uh, One was a growing movement inside the Republican Party to refuse defeat in the past election. And the second point was the power to set government policy wasn't being done anymore with public opinion, that it was, you know, the power had been shifted and it was being made you know, without necessarily consulting with the public who put them in office. So um, I, I know that I've talked to people that are just incredibly frustrated with everything. They don't know whether to turn the news on anymore or or what they should do, you know, to take a stand, not take a stand. Should they vote? Are they just frustrated because they don't think their votes count? What are you seeing where you are?
2: Um. You know, seeing the same thing, I'm. Um, uh, I want to add one thing to your list of two, uh-huh. which is basically uh, the similarity. Uh, well, similar to your your lack of representation in that article, I was struck by the example that, uh, given that the population no longer has a voice, at least in the U.S. We're talking about the U.S. Um, in proportion to its numbers, it was said that uh, people in California have one of the power than the people in Wyoming because the demography or the demographics has changed so much that people have moved from their state boundaries and moved from their city and urban boundaries so that this uh, arrangement of uh, voting blocks is increasingly less representative now than it was you know for 30 years ago 50 years ago and i think there something that creeps up on us is this kind of tipping point idea that things can be out of balance for a long time and everybody just grumbles but it reaches a point at some point when it starts to become critical mm-hmm. and then nobody really knows why it's happening because they were grumbling about it for the last 50 years. Why is it different now? But there is this tipping point where increasingly events are going away from public, uh, general public indications and toward, toward exactly what? I don't know, special interests of one kind or another. I think that's kind of the, the period we're entering. I'm in Canada, but I'm a US citizen. I'm a dual citizen. And, um, you know, Canadians are sort of different, but they're so closely related in economic and political allegiance to U.S. interests that um, it's not the same as what's going on in Europe. I think I'm seeing a a North American phenomena the same as you are. Well, Mm -hmm. roughly, I mean, you're in Florida and Florida's got its own demographic.
1: Yes. And this
2: is what we're seeing. We're seeing that people are not coherent in their Group behavior, you know the, these special groups. Um, you know, you just pick a group; they're all seem to be at each other's throats. It's you know at some point or another.
1: Well, and what I find is incredibly sad is it's dividing families and it's dividing friends. People that had been friends for years and years and years. You you can't really have a discussion <clears throat> in some situations without it becoming an argument. And I know a couple of families that have actually not spoken to one another since the uh, 2020 election.
2: You know, COVID has, I think, been a trigger. Mm-hmm. COVID really got people on to separate sides of uh, the issue. I-, I was surprised, even my my own family, we couldn't have a discussion about vaccination because people didn't want to get into it i mean it didn't really it didn't it didn't disturb us too much because that was okay but i have friends who really feel aggrieved when other friends won't get into it with them and uh you know they say i didn't know uh you know these people had this uh, these friends of mine had this attitude and now they're not friends of mine anymore uh So I I think I noticed that that has been more of a trigger than the politics. But now sort of that everyone's on edge, it seems that everyone's has arms. It's almost like Mm -hmm. the mob has come in the streets with their pitchforks and their you know, flaming torches. And now they're looking for something to burn down.
1: (laughs) That's true. That is very true. And, you know, I mean, we have the local politicians going after each other and we have, of course, the economy. Um, and you know, they just, the Fed just raised the rates again. Um, so you know, how is that gonna impact people? And, and it will, because you know, if you've got a loan, if especially it's a, if it's a variable loan and a lot of people got into their houses with that, then they're gonna be priced out because they won't be able to now afford the payments. Um, the stock market has you know, tanked yesterday. Um, And it it goes back and forth, but it follows, you know, the, um, whatever the current belief is about inflation and a recession. Mm -hmm. So, and I don't know whether you see that as much, you know, in Canada, I don't think you do.
2: Well, it's got its own problems. Uh, It's a, it's a more resource-based economy. It's got a lot of um, real estate. It's got a bigger, well, maybe not entirely but it's got a big real estate bubble on the west coast and the and you know in toronto too um yeah i don't know you know we're talking about this we're kind of blind in the same way that everyone's blind we don't know why things feel so uncomfortable
1: but anxiety is on the rise and funny i mean as a side note i actually Mm -hmm. found out today i didn't realize it but avocados for a food. Is a good way to reduce your anxiety and it's a healthy fat. Did you know that avocados did that?
2: Well, I knew they were healthy and I knew their prices have been uh, very high. Um, uh, <laughs> but I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, well, it's like a lot of these things. Everyone's looking for something that will have an immediate result.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And avocados won't give you an immediate, matter of fact, no dietary change will give you an immediate result. Um, I, I mean, that's kind of that's the that's issue
1: one herb that actually does do a pretty good job is ashwagandha. And that's been around for a couple thousand years. And And if you take it in the proper doses, it will. And it's non-pharmaceutical. So uh, it helps with sleep and uh, it does help with um, like a generalized anxiety, not so much panic attacks, but a generalized right. anxiety it will help with.
2: Well, maybe that's the thing we can talk about, anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: People are feeling it big time.
2: Right. Um, I mean, it's interesting. So, I mean, I'm a therapist and uh, I write a lot, blog a lot, and I'm always attentive to what reaction I'm getting. And the funny thing about anxiety is that at least I'm finding people don't quite know how to address it. It's, it's low grade. It's pervasive. Um like many, unfortunately, many issues of dare I say mental health. And I, I say that because I don't want to medicalize this. I don't want to pathologize it. And I think this is part of the problem. People are afraid to admit their discomfort is inf- infecting their life because they might, you know, it's considered a weakness if you uh-huh. you know not functioning up to you know proper level. So it goes unrest. And it gets, you know, anxiety doesn't get better when you ignore it. Um,
1: If anything, it gets worse.
2: Well, there's the point. What can we say to people, you know, as experts or professionals or something that can uh, make them feel that it's something they can address more effectively without shame or weakness?
1: Right. Well, you know, a lot of it depends on whether they have somebody that they're able to talk with or to and you know if there's um <clears throat> differences of opinion within the household they may not be able to do that where they can just right. say know oh, i'm really feeling anxious about this whole situation um, because the other person will ignore them and or say you know you know just forget about it or you know go on about your life or you know something to kind of minimize it and or then,
2: they'll get anxious too, you know. But.
1: Exactly, exactly. Or, yeah, exactly. So, and kids, my gosh, there are kids that are picking up on all of this. So, you know, I've got 12 year olds, 18 year olds I'm working with, and it's for anxiety because mm-hmm. they are experiencing what's going on in the world. They see it on social media, they see it on TikTok, they see it, you know, every place they go. Right. And so that. Pervasive feeling of unrest is there. Of course, I tell people go walk in nature, you know, just get out and away from turn off your phone for a while. Um, You know, stop looking at it, stop watching television and the pundits. You know, we used to say don't read a newspaper. Right. They don't exist hardly anymore. So you don't have to worry about the newspaper. But people are addicted to social media. And depending on who you're listening to, It can either be a positive thing or a negative thing.
2: I'm also always been interested in group behavior and the uh, way it mirrors, I mean, one group mirrors the other. So we see, you know, the Ukraine, Russia, European situation is clearly an anxiety-producing and driven Mm -hmm. conflict. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you notice sort of the politics of countries mirror each other. You know, reactionary leaders seem to be elected across the board and then it switches. The pendulum seems to be affecting everybody. Everyone's on the same pendulum, it seems Uh to, to a large degree. And I think it's important to recognize the boat we're in and to recognize that we're all responding to something.
1: I think a lot of people feel like we're all on the Titanic these days (laughs) and that it's going down. And of course, the other yesterday, uh, you probably saw this on your news, but uh, I guess Putin minced words when he was talking about a nuclear situation. And uh, of course, that has everybody in the whole world upset, because if he were to do something like that, it doesn't just affect the Ukraine you know, the fallout literally from that affects, you know, millions and millions of people. So, and he said, and, you know, and no uh, mincing of words, this is not a bluff.
2: Well, you know, when, when, you know, the world wars occurred, at least, no, I wouldn't say when they occurred and long after they occurred, the people talked about, you know, a rearrangement of power in Europe and throughout the world. And, and there was a great rearrangement of power and economy. You know, Germany then flourished and Japan flourished after, you know, in the, mm-hmm. in the century after that war. And people thought, oh, there's been a, a kind of rearrangement of consciousness. And here we're experiencing the same global, it seems global or potentially global, Rearrangement of consciousness, maybe not the same rearrangement, but the same phenomena, sort of anxiety-based. I don't know what the the last crisis was based on, but this is clearly anxiety, threat, um, scarcity, uh, the environmental threat. I mean, we we didn't mention it, but every other week at least, we're assailed by the thought that the uh, ecology is collapsing.
1: Well, and for certain parts of the United States, it appears to be if you look at Lake Powell and the water levels and the fact that, um, you know, we thought it was a good idea way back when to start farming in the desert. Mm, right. Maybe not.
2: <laughs> right. So and the, the fires and the temperature.
1: Yep. Yeah.
2: Uh, so where does this go? I mean, I think people have to look at their own role in this. If you get com- increasingly stressed out to the level where you're snapping at people or your own family or you become intolerant or you you know simply say i've had enough i'm not going to you know put up with your nonsense anymore to anyone then it only makes the situation more volatile Mm -hmm. i mean i guess this is kind of the the calm down advice uh but i think when you're in a situation where the feedback is you know sort of screaming in your ears, you have to unplug from it right uh you know you may say go for a walk in the woods or anything to lower the anxiety i think the important thing is that it's not just your anxiety that we are affecting each other in uh inflammatory ways right that come back and make us more upset and
1: well there's something else that is going on that a lot of people don't maybe even understand or know about and that's adrenal fatigue so when you have bombardments and that is what we've had since 2020 with everything politically health wise economically but you have that constant secretion of cortisol into the body and so the adrenals are just fatigued now which then impacts your whole health Yes. If you're not feeling very well, if you're tired all the time and you're dragging yourself from A to B to Z, um, then whenever anything goes wrong, it could be a traffic jam, it could be the groceries uh, were 175 last week and this week they're 200, then the lid comes off. You know, you've just reached that point of no return where I can't take it anymore. And I think that's where a lot of kids. And adults are these days. So they can go to alcohol if they can afford it. They can go to CBD or marijuana. Um, yeah. but they are trying to plug in someplace to get relief. Isn't that what you see too?
2: Yeah. And you know, this is, I think, a problem in that people are ashamed to deal with it. It well well, this this gets back to the point. People are encouraged to think that it's their individual problem. I don't think it, I mean, obviously we play an individual role, but I don't think it is our individual problem.
1: No, I I don't think so either. I think, you know, the the mindset has to change from the person to what can we do as a family? What can we do as a community? and, And take some actions and not be just looking at one person. You go do it. You go take care of it. But it's got to be a we.
2: Maybe the advice that's useful would be to be proactive and not to wait for the next crisis to trigger you, Uh but to go out and start. I mean, this would be a good thing. We've always talked about building better community. Well, this might be a great time to reach out to, you know, before there's an issue of contention, make an effort to build bridges on issues of uh, cohesion. I mean, how do you do this Uh, when you, you're nicer to people say hello and smile. That's not enough. It seems it's Uh got to be a little deeper. It's got to, ultimately it's got to address the source of anxiety, which we're all trying to, trying to avoid because nobody wants to hear about tomorrow's bad news any sooner than we have to. So what do we offer? You know, if you say go to a counselor, then it's expensive. And what does a counselor offer you? Anyway, nobody really expects a solution for an anxiety problem. They might get one though, but um, what good advice can we give that's free? Like right now? I mean, so we're saying, you know, take a walk, uh, be positive. I think we both feel this isn't going to make people happy. How do you, how do you do it? How would you do it? How do you do it for your
1: clients? Well, I have a a couple of different things. Um, One is I tell them to get a surrender box. They can create their own box if they want to, or maybe they have a box that they can use and it could be a cardboard box or a wood box or, you know, something that's very decorative. But um, when they have an anxiety-producing thought or a worry thought, they actually write it down because it's like rumination. If you don't get it out of you and address it and look at it, then it, it morphs. It just keeps coming back. It's, it's like the gerbil in the wheel, you know, going around and around and around. So if they can very clearly define, this is my worry. And whatever that worry might be, I'm worried I'm going to lose my job. I'm worried that my spouse is having an affair. I'm worried that um, I have a health problem. Whatever that worry might be, put it on paper and put it in the surrender box and say, okay, I've taken it out of me and I've placed it in a receptacle where it's not going to get resolved. But the point is, is that you're doing something. You're not just letting it keep ruminating in your head. Um, So the surrender box works pretty well. And then we address the themes because usually there are some themes with their worries. So they need to define what the theme is. And then we can address that, you know, separately. Um, The uh, emotional freedom technique works very well for a lot of people because that's something you can do and you have your fingers and there's either the karate chop area on your hand or there's points on your body that are acupressure kind of areas that you can tap. So there's a lot of great videos. And I normally, with my clients, I send videos to them so they can practice and see what that is. But they're disrupting, again, that thought pattern that's going through their mind perpetually. Um, There's a havening. Are, Are you familiar with the havening technique? Yes. So they could learn to hug themselves. And provide that emotional, because a lot of us live in families, either by ourselves, you know, in the sense that there's not a lot of touching that has been going on lately. And so, you know, that tactile um, hug that you can give yourself, you know, sometimes is beneficial.
2: Right. So I think these things that you've mentioned were ways to get into emotional contact, emotional release. Emotional bonding. Hmm. So the, what I'm hearing you say is that part of anxiety may be a disconnection, even from yourself or from your support network.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Uh-huh. Um, let me mention how I might approach somebody with anxiety. Since I use hypnotherapy, um, people don't really understand what hypnotherapy is. And it isn't really one thing, although it's been presented as a spectacle. What it is for me is uh, getting in touch with your deeper uh, currents, not necessarily feelings, whatever they are, below feelings even, subconscious trends. So I, I would take a person into a, a disembodied state or a trance state, a somnambulistic state, a, a re- highly relaxed state, and I would help them visualize their issues. And I would try... The thing that I would try to do, and why I like using this technique, is I suggest to them positive issues. I suggest to them the balance that they don't have. I suggest that they see the balance they don't have, or manifest, visualize, or make it real in some sense. And uh, bring, encourage, and invite the positive, or the directive, or the supportive, that they're feeling the lack of. And if they can really see that and feel it and feel its presence, it becomes a way to gain a connection with themselves. And then they can work from that point of view when they deal with other people, their family, friends, community.
1: You know, one of the things that I've recently found with several clients is whether you're male or female, we all have an inner child, right? Right. And the inner child is the one that is struggling for the most part right now because they don't feel safe. Right. And so getting in touch with that inner child and reassuring that part of yourself, you know, that we can do X, Y, Z to lessen these feelings is reassuring because the child is going, oh, my God, oh, my God. It's like the uh, story about Chicken Little, the sky is falling.
2: Right. Um, On that count, I would say also that uh, one of the problems is feeling the pressure of not being able to speak. You know, it may be the inner child that's not being able, I mean, in the typical picture, the inner child is protected by some aggressive, uh, you know, element, the protector, the um, the defender. And... uh, the more needy the inner child becomes, the more aggressive the defender becomes in defending them. And part of the problem is that the inner child doesn't have a voice or a platform or a supportive network. There, I believe, it may be helpful to expand that notion to other senses of threat. I mean, it it could be the inner child is, is a comprehensive concept, but, um, you know, there could be the inner adolescent. There could be the uh, inner young adult. I mean, there are a lot of sources of weakness. If you look at our own personal trauma, if you sort of go back to your history. There are many stages for most people uh-huh. where they've been uh, felt, at, you know, felt out, of, out of sorts or lacking in support.
1: Right.
2: And, and, and those, those times, those traumas kind of come back in times of threat, to remind you, you know, well, what if I do lose my job again? Or what if I can't make the, you know, bill payments? Uh, that's not necessarily an inner child issue, but uh, you could say that it's certainly an important sense. And then you have to address it, mm-hmm. uh, or at least give it some support.
1: Well, and especially in many cases where, you know, the child, when they were helpless, might have gone through. Their parents divorce, or you know, had somebody very close to them die, right? right. they felt totally helpless. And so, right. all of a sudden, as an adult, they're feeling that same sensation of "I am helpless to change anything."
2: Yeah. So the way that typically, at least I deal with it is to uh, bring it out. That's the first step is to bring mm-hmm. it out, so that it. I mean, you may feel it's a weakness that's going in the wrong direction because now you're focusing on what your weakness is rather than your strength. But I don't, I don't think that's the right way of looking at it. It's something that needs support and recognition. And if you don't recognize it, you're just papering over your anxiety. Um, and right. then it comes out as uh, even more, even greater frustration, right. irritation or intolerance.
1: Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm, I'm actually, in fact, this was uh, just a couple of days ago. Uh, where I live there is a very large publix and you know it's one way going down one aisle and one way going down the next aisle so that um, it's you can't have two cars in the same because of the way the cars are parked and um, so I'm leaving and this guy you know pulls in and now his car is facing mine so he's he's gone the wrong way yeah and I pulled over as far as I could and thank goodness he wasn't driving a big mm-hmm. truck or a big SUV or something. And I had rolled down my window and I, I was pointing out, you know, sir, this is, and he started screaming at me, Right. you know, Right. well, little lady, I suppose you've never made a mistake, you know, and, right. and I was like, oh boy, you know, what, whatever he just left, whether it was his home or his job. He must have been in a bad place and now he's taking it right with him.
2: Well, this is how contagious it is.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I was at the store the other day and a, a person said, you're too close, you're too close. You know, and they shushed me away and I was upset for the next four hours <laughs> because, I, you know, it was just so, it was so unpleasant.
1: Yes, yeah.
2: And, uh, you know, if I was inattentive and tried to ignore it, I would probably be offensive to other people by my just irritation of the whole thing. <laughs> I think this is what we have to stop this, this uh, cascading feedback
1: right loop. right. and it may be that you turn off the television and it may be that you start playing games or uh, a puzzle with your family or doing some cooking or you know pick up fishing or pickleball or something right. you know, that isn't attached to bad news because bad news is what sells and so right.
2: Another problem.
1: Yeah, it, I mean, they—I swear to goodness—they go out and look every yes. single day, that's and right. for something to talk about on television or on one of the shows, that's a negative. They and,
2: should have a section uh, or just a special show for bad news.
1: Yeah, really, and then you at could, least we could avoid it <laughs> instead of just having it there all the time. So I, I have music on most of the time. I have certain people I love to listen to. And, um, and so I have music in the background and I will catch a particular show that I want to see, but my type of shows, I mean, it's not maybe guy type shows all the time, but I love things like all creatures, great and small. That's a PBS, you know, James Harriet, and it's leaves you feeling good, you know, at the Mm -hmm. end of it, as opposed to being stressed out because you've been watching, you know, something where people died, uh, whether it was, um, you know a hospital show or uh but i mean we have so little on television anymore that is a happy ending
2: yeah i think it's important to recognize that when you look at the newspaper or news or current events the first things that they'll show you are how many people are dying in ukraine Mm -hmm. and uh how many people are being indicted for uh you know yep political malfeasance.
1: Well, do you remember when we were at the height of the pandemic, there wasn't a single day that went by that you weren't met with how many people had died? Right. So, I mean, that is not where you want your mind to focus if you want to keep your sanity and have any kind of hope for health and wellness.
2: Right. So I think that's the message. Uh, People have to take their own I think that, I mean, this is part of my message. Always people have to take their own responsibility to lift up public consciousness.
1: Uh-huh. You
2: know, we're not just floating down in an inexorable river toward whatever, you know, those who choose to guide us are leading us toward. Right.
1: Um, we have choices.
2: Even, even if the uh, politics, politics are getting less representational, uh, You know, is that, what can we, I think people have to start doing something themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, And to do that in a, in a non-confrontational way, the the allegiance is the issue that we're trying to build, not break down. I think we have to make a point of not getting involved in conflict.
1: Right. And what if, I mean, because we are all vibrational frequencies, what if, every time we go into a store regardless of what store it is we find one or two people to smile at how many right, right. times during the day does somebody even get acknowledged let alone smiled at so maybe you know that frequency can begin to change because we're taking and putting our energy into something that's constructive rather than destructive
2: so i would say i i, I hate to be uh giving out people's, uh, telling people what to do, but our intentions have to, we have to take responsibility for whatever everyone else is doing. Even if we feel powerless, we have to input the energy that we want to see manifest.
1: Yeah, Um, part of the solution.
2: Yeah, I don't, I, I don't see any, that's how, that's how you deal with anxiety is you, you confront it and you wrench it into a positive direction.
1: Exactly. Well, Lincoln, uh, we are at the end of our show already. So um, please tell people how to find you in the last minute or so.
2: Okay, great. Um, I write a lot and I blog regularly and I have a subscription that's free that you can reach at my website, which is Mind Strength Balance dot com, mindstrengthbalance.com. And uh, if you subscribe, you'll get a, a, a monthly um, piece of writing. And there are podcasts and there's a paid version that's weekly and so forth. And uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd love to get more readers and uh, I'd love to hear people's opinions. And maybe we can address this, you know, to give information to each other Mm -hmm. might be one way to address our feelings of uh, hopelessness or to build things up to, to a a higher level, a higher vibration.
1: Yeah. I think that's the way to go. I absolutely do. So everybody who's heard the show, please share and uh, let others know about Lincoln and how he can maybe assist them through his writing or even uh, being a client of his with hypnotherapy and addressing their own um, psychological, emotional kind of issues. And uh, please go out there and make this your very best life. And we'll see you next time. Take care, everyone. Thanks, Lucy. You're welcome.